welcome to Behind the Bites, episode 15. That's the right number, isn't it? I think so. We started counting before the start of the show, and I think at some point of time we lost count, but we'll go with 15. Excellent. Let's just call it. (laughs) Cool. I'm Mike (laughs) Priest from Stuff Magazine. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. Hi there. Break here. I'm Vivisha from DeckView. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Good. It's been a while since all of us have been together. And we're still pushing it uh, with a Skype call between all three of us at separate locations. I feel like if you're going to be doing a tech podcast, the least you can do is try and make it as techy as possible by connecting all via via VoIP. (laughs) Oh, you think our ISP is going to be happy about that? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Ever defiant in the face of a of UAE internet service providers. Yeah, we all relegated to 2G by the end of this call. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's true. They're watching us. They're like, huh, those guys. All right. Edge for them for the rest of the month. All right. So what's, what have been the last two weeks like, Abbas? You were um, at MWC, no, sorry, not at MWC, at the launch of the Samsung S8. That's right. Um, I was in New York for the launch of S8, Samsung Galaxy S8. It's probably the biggest phone of the first half of the year. Uh, You know, we have so many phones coming out every year now that we kind of have to divide phones between each quarter or each half. But yeah, fantastic device. Um, You know, I think everything about the device was um, leaked beforehand. So almost everyone knew what was um, coming. But still, I mean, what a beautiful device to hold in your hand. I think Samsung's done a fantastic job uh, with the S8. Uh, You know, I thought the S7 was brilliant, and it was for its time, but then when you put it next to the the S8, you kind of realize how much further Samsung's come along with the new device. So beautiful, beautiful device. I think we're having the official launch for it in the Middle East next week as well, so all of us will get our hands on on it as well. So, you know, it will be great to Kind of know what you gentlemen think about it as well. Yeah, uh, but super... shoot, you know, ask any questions that you guys have. Happy to answer. First off, I'm super jelly that you got to touch it, Abbas. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a beautiful device, Mike. Just gorgeous device. Nice. I mean, uh, we both of us saw the uh, LG G6 at MWC, and both of us thought that you know that was a great phone. You know, beautiful phone in all regards. Uh, but when you get to play with the S8, you know, the LG G6 um, feels a bit toyish. You know, the premiumness that Samsung's built on the S8 is fantastic. You hold the device, it's uh, it's got just a tad bit of heft to it. It's got those design curves to it. It's just a really well-made device, uh, you know. And we've seen, the, like I said, we've seen the G6. We saw the Xiaomi Mi Mix as well last year, which was, you know, getting rid of bezels. Uh but the Xiaomi, I felt, was a very big and bulky phone. Right, it was difficult uh, to kind of it, hold, right? It is, it is, it is. It is quite a big phone. I mean, it's got a 6.4-inch screen, if I remember correctly. Mm. Uh, but, you know, the S8 and the S8 Plus have 5.8 and 6.2-inch screens, respectively. Mm. But they feel so much nicer in your hands. I preferred the smaller version over the bigger version. Uh, which is almost about the same size as the body of the S7 Edge. And, you know, S7 Edge has got a 5.5-inch screen. Mm-hmm. They've managed to cram a 5.7-inch, a 5.8-inch screen in that body, oh, that's uh, making it a tad bit narrower and shorter. It's just fantastic. You know, beautifully done. Beautifully done. Shall we, shall we quickly just go through the specs for the people um, who are 
I don't know who haven't heard of the specs sure. so far. I'm playing specs, but bingo two with people home. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So no, there's two, two, two displays, right? 5.8 and 6.2 inches. Well, both a Quad That's HD right. Super AMOLED. Right, a bit more than Quad HD. Uh, obviously, they're 18.5 by 9 aspect ratio, so you're getting a little more space. So the, it's a little bit bigger than Quad HD. Yeah. Uh, the back camera is... So that's unfortunately my biggest disappointment with the phone. The back camera is identical to the one that was on the S7 last year, which is a 12 megapixel. A fairly good camera. I'm not saying it's a bad camera. I mean, we've all tested the camera on the S7, and we all know that it's a yeah, fantastic it's a camera. Strong but, camera uh, but it's a it's a bold move from Samsung when you've got Apple, Huawei, LG all coming out with dual-lens cameras that are, that absolutely. are all top, top draw. No, absolutely, and I'm surprised even on the plus size, they chose not to add the second camera. So the plus, the difference between the plus size is literally the screen size and the battery. That's it. That's Nothing it. else. Wow. They're identical in every other regard. Um, sorry, Babisha, do you want to continue on with the specs and, and on the price. processor? Yes, absolutely. And front, front camera? Front camera is where they've actually made progress. So it's now a, I, I think it was a five megapixel on the old one. It's now an eight megapixel with autofocus. So that's quite nice. You've got autofocus on the front camera. Uh, it was right. interesting how Samsung was kind of saying that uh, more pictures are now being taken from the front camera versus the back camera. Uh, I'm more of a traditionalist. I hate selfies. So, you know, I <laughs> barely ever use the front camera. But hey, that's what it there. is, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah that, that makes sense. And I think in terms of internals, it's a Snapdragon 835, 4 gigs of RAM, 64 GB of storage, uh, and micro SD, which can go up to 256 GB. And the difference between the battery life is 3,000 milliampere hours on the S8, the smaller one, but by no means small, um, and 3,500 on the larger one. And they're both IP68, which means they're water and dust resistant, and they come in three different colors, midnight black, orchid gray, and Optic Silver and Android 7.0 Nougat with USB Type-C. Absolutely. So just, just a couple of... We're, we're yeah. not getting the Snapdragon version out here, right? No, we're not. Right. We're getting the Exynos version of it. We're getting a dual-sim Exynos version uh, of the device, and we're also not getting the silver color. We're, we're getting the maple gold instead. Mm -hmm. So oh, just a couple of differences of between global markets and our market. Uh, it's a hybrid SIM tray, so again, you have either the option of adding two SIM cards or a micro SD as well as a SIM card. The micro SD, like Vivisha mentioned, it's 256 GB for now, but it can technically go up to, I think, two some ridiculous number, like yeah. two terabytes, exactly. Not that you know we're ever going to get to see anything like that okay. in the next, you know, you during the lifetime. Two terabyte of this micro SD is the same price as your phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what's interesting for the specs as well is I think they've they've heard Ed on the side of conservatism with that battery, I think. Um, I'm, whether that's a result of the Note 7 fiasco or just because they found that uh, they didn't require a, a larger battery. Like like, like you said, Bivisha, I mean, 3,000 milliamp isn't small by any means. But, uh, you know, for something that's a flagship that you think is going to be trying to push the boundaries of what a smartphone can do, uh, for my for my taste, the th that size battery was a little bit conservative. But you know, I think if, if anybody's deserved the right to be that, maybe it is Samsung. <laughs> yeah, and but, I think a lot uh, of it comes down to the battery use as well, right? For example, we know that the Snapdragon or or Exynos Snapdragon is definitely uh, you know light on the battery. The AMOLED screens are not very heavy on the battery. Again, 
So, uh, and it all depends on how the OS is optimized to use that battery. We know that iPhone, for the most part, does fairly well given the smaller size of its batteries as mm-hmm. compared to uh, a lot of the phones, which with two, two and a half thousand uh, Android phones barely last a day. Yeah. No, no absolutely. I'm with you guys on this for sure. But you know what I find funny is that remember the flag that HTC got for putting 3000 milliamp battery in a 5.7 inch phone with the HTC U Ultra. Yeah. And now Samsung's got a bigger size phone with the same amount of battery capacity. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, uh, they're kind of people are letting it slide. I'm, I'm assuming because of the whole Note 7 fiasco, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, let's see how the battery life is when we actually get to play with one. Honestly, let's, uh, let's, let's, also, let's be honest, yeah. we're all kind of hoping that this works because if, you know, let them have the smaller battery because if this whole battery thing ends up, you know, going going south again, I think that's good, pretty much going to spell the end of Samsung's oh, phone yes. division. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So I, I think I collectively I, as the tech industry and people who are fans of, of tech in general, like, look, let's just let them do it. Make the phone, it looks beautiful. Okay, let them have a smaller battery and then maybe next year we'll get something bigger or in the, in the Note 8 or whatever Absolutely. eventually happens. So I think Absolutely one thing we didn't is... mention uh, was mm. that the Samsung S8 comes with Bluetooth 5.0, uh, which is a significant upgrade from Bluetooth 4.2. Did they talk a lot about this at the event of bus? They didn't mention it at all. I mean, if you hadn't seen the spec sheets, you wouldn't even know it had Bluetooth 5.0. They didn't bring it up at all at the event, which I found surprising because, yes, you're right, Bluetooth 5.0 is a significant upgrade over 4.0, you know, faster, bigger range, better range. So, yeah, but no, nothing, not a single not a single mention of it. Um, I'm very quickly looking it up. There's, it also boosts location services. It adds upgrades for IoT and given how much Samsung is moving towards uh, the smart home with its smart things uh, ecosystem, really surprising they wouldn't bring it up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they did bring up the whole ecosystem bit quite a bit. They said that, look, I mean, the S8 isn't designed just to be a phone by itself, but uh, there were quite a few interesting uh, scenarios put together or brought together by Samsung's new assistant called Bixby. I'm sure you guys have heard of that as well. Yes, of so. Course. Sounds more like a dog's name than anything else. You know, hey, Bixby, yeah. come Some here, Bixby. I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what they're calling it. And it's sort of like a voice assistant for the phone that is supposed to do a lot of things for you on the phone that you know you instead use, I don't know, tapping for or whatever it is. Did, did you get any uh, hands I didn't get a chance. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't because they had one demo of Bixby, but the unit that I or everybody that was allowed to sort of play with did not have Bixby on it. Yeah, this is what I've heard is like the whole thing was that there were very sort of limited demos for Bixby as it's something they're going to be rolling out, I guess, once the phones start shipping, which isn't that far away. I mean, pre-orders are already up as of the first of the month, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, absolutely. Even in the UAE, you can go ahead and pre-order the phone right now. I believe it's, what, $27.99 for the S8 and $3099 for the S8 Plus. Uh, almost every retailer is taking pre-orders. And, guys, I have pre-ordered mine already. <laughs> I mean, I, I really like the phone, so I've, I've already pre-ordered there's, mine. There's you know. a ringing endorsement. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic phone. It's, it's just a fantastic phone. And, Mike, just for you, it has a 3.5 mm jack as well at the bottom. Fantastic. Samsung did not go down Apple's route, yeah, you know. Good for them. Uh, well, so yeah. well, I, I wonder if, if, they, if, if they had have taken away the, the headphone jack, perhaps, Bivisha, they may have made a bit more of a fuss about Bluetooth 5.0. 
um, as you know, right, possibly. As, but I think yeah. the idea is because I mean, phones always come with Bluetooth, right? But here it's it, it's not just about music; it's about longer oh, yeah. range and data mm. transfer, and and more, most importantly, IoT or like the smart yeah. home. Um, I, I agree. Think, it, it is odd. I mean, look, for my as far as I know, they're the first smartphone manufacturer to include Bluetooth five at least, at yeah. least out of the major ones. So why not sing about it? But I mean, maybe the phone was too packed with so many good things that they just couldn't have fitted in. Right. Of course. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't have time to talk about it. Uh, the one thing that I do want to mention about the phone that I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised with was the desktop dock, the Dex, I believe that's what it's uh, called. Yeah, the Dex station. It's for six hundred dirhams. Exactly, and it is pretty damn good. I mean, I've used the Continuum dock from Microsoft for their Surface lineup. Um, not the Surface, sorry, the Lumia lineup of phones. And compared to that, this just worked a lot better. I mean, again, it's just a dock with two USB ports, HDMI, Ethernet. Uh, you know, you just dock your phone into it, connect a monitor, and use your keyboard and mouse for a big screen experience. Every single Android app out there works on it. If the app supports a tablet mode, it you know, loads up in tablet mode with a bigger size. If not, then just, you know, just loads up in portrait mode for a phone size kind of experience. But fantastically done. Very, very nicely done. So that was my, you know, that was the, that was what surprised me the most. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the Dex desktop dock for it as well with the phone because that, that and Samsung's done a good job with that, you know. Well, do you I think, mean, do you, think you could move to the Dex full time for, say, a week? Uh, I think it'll be an interesting experience. I'd definitely like to give it a shot. Look, I mean, the only thing that's really stopping me is uh, video editing. I, I'm not sure if I know of a good video editing app on Android that can allow me to sort of replace Final Cut on the Mac. Um, but other than that, you know, like look, playing music, browsing, you know, file system, anything and everything, just, you know. I mean, maybe this phone, is a way to your, get around the uh, the travel, uh, the the laptop ban on travel ban. phones. Yeah, yeah exactly. the travel ban. <laughs> Although that That's being true. said, do we know if the S8 and the S8 Plus are uh, travel friendly? Hmm. That's a term. <laughs> uh, I would assume I'm so. Sure I mean, generally, I think the general rule is anything under six inches is fine. Yeah, sixteen I think centimeters. So sixteen centimeters. That's true. But yeah, I think they'll they'll be okay. Uh, I, I don't think the S8 Plus is much bigger than the iPhone 7 Plus. Um, you know, so I don't think you're going to have much of an issue. So uh, quite an interesting, I mean, look, I was flying Emirates this time around, and I did go through the whole uh, laptop ban experience. They kind of took my laptop away oh. right at the gate. Uh, but what I found really awesome was that once I landed and while I was waiting at immigration in the U.S., you know, a uh, uh, an Emirates rep just approached all of us because we were all standing together. They were like, you know, did anybody check in a laptop? And if you did, you just hand them the baggage tag that they gave you when you checked in your laptop. And while we were waiting in immigration, they brought us our laptops back, my laptop, my camera, my wireless headphones. All of them were brought back to me while I was waiting at immigration. So that was nice. I didn't have to actually yeah, go. This is, this is the, the best way. I mean, Emirates have been very good about this because we, I mean, we, you and I spoke previously about this, Sebastian, how the issue is that you don't want to put stuff in the hold because I, one damage and two, particularly when you're traveling to the states, you're not you're not able to lock your suitcase, so the potential exactly. the potential of theft is quite high. So I think Emirates' solution of actually just taking them off you 
as you're boarding and then returning them to you with the, as you said, in immigration is actually the smartest way to get around this, which I think is also why we probably haven't heard a lot more people complaining online about uh, about the travel ban in effect. Obviously, people are upset that it exists, but I think I have, we haven't heard any horror stories of people having their stuff robbed or, or things you getting absolutely because absolutely. the airlines have actually taken some good responsibility to help manage that. Absolutely. Have you guys heard anything on Ittihad or Qatar? I've heard they're providing iPads or laptops or something along those Qatar, lines. Qatar is giving uh, loaner laptops for people in business class. Okay. Um, Ittihad, I think, was giving tablets. But I don't know it's, if that is for both business and economy or just business. Honestly, I mean, huh, it'd be okay. a smart idea for one of these, uh, one of the tech manufacturers to just use this as a good promote, uh, promotion angle and a marketing angle, right? Why not give everybody yeah, a sure. Surface Pro Microsoft, you know, that they can use on the flight and spin it into a story for you, but I don't work for them. <laughs> no, fanta I think that's a fantastic idea. What Another thing that I found quite interesting this time around was that, um, um, you know how, uh, well, okay, so luckily I was flying business class with Samsung for, for this trip. And they usually come and take your meal orders. This time around, they were taking meal orders on a Samsung A7, A7 smartphone. Uh, so they've replaced the pen and papers with smartphones now on Emirates. Exactly. Uh, as far as you know, meal taking is meal taking orders or whatever you want to call it is concerned. And they're actually doing it on smartphones now. So that was quite interesting too. Ah, cool. Because well, yeah. they're not, yeah. not allowed to have tablets on. Play. <laughs> um, just a quick point i did check the specifications and the s8 plus is mm -hmm. 15.95 centimeters Whoa. right under 16 okay excellent yes yeah, so it, it's and obviously the s the s8 regular is 14.89 so they're both absolutely fine to take with you on your next flight to the u.s that's interesting how these kind of rules will dictate how big or small a phone smartphone manufacturers mm. can make. It's quite interesting how, you know, uh, we've suddenly seen this come up. I, I don't think anybody will want to cross that line of 16 centimeters now. Um, yeah. You know, even though you could kind of see you, how much bigger is the next node going to be? You know, it's always been bigger than the S, mm. uh, but I, I, I don't think they're going to make it bigger than 6.2 6 inches. I think that's the same size they're going to adopt no, for I the note. I think they've got to just double down on the stylus functionality of it and, and go that way, perhaps. <laughs> and keep the battery from going too crazy. No. Too, too yeah. <laughs> Maybe put in a removable battery yeah. just in case. <laughs> Yeah, let's see how that goes. Uh, um, hopefully one other thing, in the Abbas, did you have any chance to try any of the 360 camera stuff or the VR stuff at the Samsung event? Or? Um, so I did. Uh, I actually have the new uh, Gear 360 with me. They, Everyone who attended the event got one, which was quite awesome of them. Uh, I haven't done much hands-on time with it yet, uh, but it supposedly shoots 4K video and you know does live streaming and all of that. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to, you know, uh, play or play around with it much. Um, I think with all the events that we're going to be attending next week, I think it, I'm going to get a good chance to, you know, just yeah, try sorry. that out and see if if, if that works nicely. Uh, but yeah, that and the new uh, VR headset was also launched. Uh, VR headset is actually the same one that was launched last year, an upgraded version of the Gear VR that Samsung had released. So it's almost right. identical to that. It's just a different paint job on it. That's uh, right. They have They've got a controller a now as well, right? 
yeah, a Bluetooth controller. And they will be selling the controller separately. So if you've got the older headset, the one that you bought just last year, you can use your, uh, you need just go ahead and buy the controller and use that with the VR headset. So that's, I guess, nice of them. Uh, but yeah, those, those were the new devices that they showcased. Okay, uh, so next on the on the ticket is uh, today, or earlier today, Apple announced that they'll be opening a uh, a third store in the UAE at the Dubai Mall. Uh, they sent out a press release, which uh, was c compared to some of their other press releases, was a little bit on the vague side, uh, but it it just announced that the 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 opening will be happening uh, soon, and uh, that the store is located over two stories at the center of Dubai Mall, um, which from my money would make it, I think, probably the bigger of the three. Uh, I haven't been to the one in Yas, but I've seen photos and definitely the the one in um, at Mall of the Emirates uh, looks to be one of the smaller Apple stores that I've ever been into. Uh, yeah, you, you that's, got... that's pretty small, actually, for an yeah, Apple store. Fair sure. small. Well, that's why I always thought that was kind of funny is that when the rumors of the original, the Apple stores originally opening up, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be the biggest one in the world. And then it, Actually, ended up being the smallest one in the world, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I somebody actually had tipped us a month, a month and a half ago about this. Uh, they had said that uh, they will be opening, and this is what they said. They said they're going to be opening the world's largest Apple store in Dubai Mall. That's what we were told about a month and a half ago. Uh, now, I don't know how true that is. I actually reached out to Apple after they sent out the press release asking for the size of the store as well as the launch date, uh, but uh, unfortunately didn't get any answers. Well, I mean, I did get a reply back, but they said that Apple never mentions square footage on any of their stores worldwide, which I found, which I thought was quite interesting. Does that mean we were and walk in said, there with a tape measure and just uh, figure it out so. <laughs> Project Tango, Mike. What, yeah, what planet are you on? Oh, Project actually, Tango. Well, Let's if, use if our the new iPhone rumors factors. are anything to go about, maybe they're on camera. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she said that to watch out for an opening date. I mean, they haven't released the date yet. Uh, but looks like a fairly big store. Did you guys see the pictures? It's below Fridays. Yeah, it's TGI Fridays. Mm. Where is that in the Dubai Mall? Because I have no. I didn't even know there was a TGI Fridays in the Dubai Mall. Okay, so I, I, can you guys, um, you guys know? Yeah, yeah. It's between the fashion fashion entrance and the cinema entrance, um, and I believe if uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's before. So as you're walking from this from the cinema to Kinokuniya, right, or at least where the old Kinokuniya used to be, mm. it's uh -huh. before that. Right. Um, okay, and, so it's before that. Yeah, so you cross like certain circular pathways, right, uh, between or if you're familiar with how New York works, Correct. blocks, right? You cross certain blocks. And at the set, at the end of one block, there's a pathway which goes a little bit towards the left, where TGF Fridays is. It's it's a bit of an, a quieter corner of the Dubai Mall. Um, but okay. I, I think that will change very quickly. It's it's a yeah, darker corner. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now I thought this was where the old Kinokuniya used to be. I thought, you know, that's shut down, obviously, and moved across. So I thought that's probably where they're taking the store but i guess you're saying that's not where it is so you know no i it's it's before that if you're coming from the cinema i'm i am almost sure i i could be wrong but i'm fairly sure that's that's where it is now the good thing about this location is that they have a great view of the fountains again if i'm rem remembering the location correctly it fares it falls um, fairly in the center of the mall so to speak um, so from every entrance it should not be too far uh, for someone to have to walk 
and the views that they'll have will be fantastic. So you're looking at the fountains, you're looking at Sukal Bahar, and nice. possibly even views of the Burj. And I think that oh, wow. is why Apple has uh, has um, chosen this location. Yeah. Honestly, what I'm most excited about the possibility of this is actually getting a few more geniuses on staff to reduce that wait list <laughs> that's currently uh, plaguing anybody who wants that's to get true. an iPhone fixed. Um, I mean, it's it's great, it's particularly if the store is as large as it seems that like it's going to be. Perhaps it, it could uh, mean that you know they'll have a significantly higher amount of people on staff for to help with support on uh, people who've got busted devices or are just looking to you know get get warranty serviced. No, I certainly hope so. I think you're right. But I know I've given up on getting an appointment quite a few times at the Apple Store. So hopefully that does solve some of that. Um, having said that, I mean the, you know from the pictures that we got in that press release. It looked massive, right? I mean, yeah. the yeah. area that's being covered like, by the like store, department store massive. size, like yeah, Marks and Spencers, or exactly. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, I think if you exactly. look carefully at the top, right, it covers uh, the width of it covers three restaurants. Hmm. TGI Fridays in the center, Tribes Carnivore on the right, and another store which I can't quite see on the left, but that that is the area it covers. So it is going to be massive by any measure, and I think it should be considering it's in the running for the world's largest Apple store. In yeah. fact, we should probably go down, shoot the next, or record the next episode from TGF Fridays, <laughs> uh, and take picture and take pictures of the view. Nice. I am totally up for that. Yeah, we we, we haven't had our bites, bites. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. we've been missing our bites. Next week's bite sponsored by TGF but- Friday, hot wings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, sounds like a good idea. But again, I mean, you know, when you look at a company like Apple, they literally have a, the number of products they have are the ones that you can count on, you know, the fingers on your two hands. And, you know, them going out and opening a store, which is this massive, it's it's just insane, you know. I, I'm, I'm just wondering, what are they going to do with it? There's probably going to be, I don't know, a theater or whatever it is. It's, it's just, too, uh, you know. I'd like to see how they utilize that space. I'd really like to yeah. see how that space is utilized. Well, I mean, they do they do carry third-party products as well, but I mean, that's normally just sort of relegated to a, sure. a shelf. Sure. So maybe there'll yeah. be a bit more of a, yeah. a more more focus on that. I know that they, in the U.S. in the U.K. they've started, uh, for instance, um, uh, stocking Sonos products and things like that. So maybe there'll be a bit more of a, a showcase for that kind of stuff. And obviously, Beats is a big part of their business. So that's true. Chucking a bunch of headphones. We'll see. Either, either, who knows, man? Maybe they'll start renting out the space. I mean, well, actually, one thing that's interesting and maybe uh, might look. There's a bit of speculation. Might tie into it though, is that the mural that the that the that's on the hoarding, announcing the store, is related to a number of sort of local, uh, creative, I guess, shops and art galleries and this kind of thing. Whether that's just yeah, so to, the press to, release, sorry, the press release actually says the concept is titled "Creativity Connected," right. and uh, the barricade tells the story of startups, independent art galleries, local app developers, boutiques, cafes, food trucks that we all know and love, mm. quote unquote. Food trucks. Yeah, it's telling well, the story of them. Right. So, if they have, that would be another story. Yeah, exactly. Look, I mean. It would be a bit unprecedented for Apple to go and then sort of give space to any other kind of business within their shop. But, I mean, who knows, right? 
I mean, if, if you know, they're, they're about revolutionizing stuff, right? So maybe this revolutionized the, the retail space. I'm spit. I mean, I'm spit there's only there. so many. There's only so many kinds of food you can make with apple as well, right? This is true. <laughs> apple pie, apple crumble, oh. apple, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get hungry, Abbas, and we yeah. don't have a bite this yeah. week, so be careful. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, let's. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Apple does with the store. Hopefully, we'll have a launch date sometime soon. You know, I, I'm assuming hopefully in the next couple of months or so. Hmm. Um, let's look, for, yeah, looking forward to that. All right, so for our third story, Kareem has introduced free Wi-Fi in its business cars. Now, Kareem, like Uber, has multiple categories or classes of cars, right? There's economy and there's business. So in the premium, which costs a little more, uh, you now get nicer cars and you get free Wi-Fi. That's pretty good. Dude, you would totally qualify for a news anchor. You could totally be on the news. In an alternate timeline of us. I think you missed your calling, Vivisha. Uh, too late now. But I think, well, I think I, this I do is have quite an interesting story of... because uh, I, whenever I book a Kareem car, I always automatically get updated to a business uh, class car, which is great because in this instance, it means that I should get free Wi-Fi for the price of a regular like uh, Kareem vehicle. I don't know if you guys have had any similar experiences. Yeah, I've, um, I've definitely had those experiences with Kareem as well. And I think it, it has to do with the fact how Kareem or ride-sharing works in, in the Middle East. So in most other countries, if you own a car as, as an individual, you uh, go and register with Uber, Kareem, Lyft, and they assign you to a specific category, right? Except in the Middle East, you have to work through licensed uh, limousine companies, now, these limousine companies can only use a certain select kind of cars, which, which is approved by the Roads and Transport Authority or the RTA. Um, among these cars is uh, the Toyota Previa, which is a van-ish kind of car, the Toyota Fortuner, which is a cheaper version of um, the Prado, and you have your Lexus ES350 and some of the Audis as well. And most most limousine companies tend to do the Lexus ES350s mm. and some of them do the Audis. There's only very few of the uh, Toyota Fortuner and the Previa which would be registered in the economy. So I think it's a supply, supply issue where they don't have enough economies uh, okay. cars, but they still want to get people around, so they give you the big car. That, that is my yeah, that, uh, that, complete that seems to scientific understanding. Yeah. Uh, now... Okay, now I know that a couple of times that I've taken Uber or Kareem, either one or the other, the drivers are actually, you know, working for both these services. Uh, you know, sometimes you'd have the same driver show for Kareem once and Uber the other time. You know, fair enough. I mean, they've got both the systems running. So the question now is that if the Wi-Fi, is the Wi-Fi equipment provided by Kareem? And if it is, then what if that driver is, you know, hailed by an Uber app? Do they still get to use the Wi-Fi on that? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's like you said, they're all luxury cars over here in this part of the world. Uh, and I'm assuming that Kareem is providing them the equipment to broadcast Wi-Fi in the cars because obviously it's a Kareem press release. I would think so, but, yeah. Uh, you know. But yeah, what's stopping that same driver who's also working for Uber, you know, disabling that Wi-Fi? Or, I, I mean, don't know. I, just, I imagine if, if they were clever enough, they could uh, 
make it so that the tech route for the giving the Wi-Fi would only activate when a when a a, a ride is actually in session. But I mean, honestly. Okay, so the way you connect to the Wi-Fi is you need a passcode from the captain, which is your driver. Ah. So the authority lies with the Kareem driver or or the Kareem and Uber driver. Hmm. So maybe if he chooses to give it to you, he could. Yeah. But which which they... means that you could get in, in, in an economy as well, like you said, you could get the um, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, for sure. But I think then maybe, I mean, look, if, if, if Kareem wanted to audit it, they could then match the driver's records as to when he was on a job with a particular type of car and at the time that that password mm. was being used, right? So I'm sure there are ways to manage it. But yeah, for an unscrupulous... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uber driver, uh, Kareem driver, perhaps he could just hand them out willy-nilly to his mates or, or myself. Absolutely. Or I think, uh, you know, just thinking this through a little bit more is that that Wi-Fi hotspot probably is provided by the phone that Kareem has given to the driver. So, mm. I mean, it probably knows that you've got a ride. So, you know, the phone knows that you've got a ride. And maybe that's when it enables the functionality of the phone to, you know, throw in a hotspot. So that could also be one of the ways where they could kind of, you know, just restrict uh, restrict drivers from giving out. If you don't have any, you know, any rider accepted from the Kareem app on the phone, the phone's not going to let you broadcast your right. Wi-Fi signal. So right. That could be and they could <clears throat> Excuse me. And they could be changing the Wi-Fi code on, on per ride as well. So exactly. the code is only active when the ride is active. Um, in, so Ola in India actually does this for their premium category, which is called Ola Prime. They will give you a Wi-Fi code to um, to log in and, and use for the journey of your ride. Obviously, the it it comes with the fair usage policy. So if you exceed a certain amount of bandwidth, which I don't remember what it is, uh, the Wi-Fi stops working. But the great thing is the Wi-Fi code comes to you within the app. You can click a button and the Wi-Fi gets saved to your phone automatically, so you don't need to enter the nice. code. And and three, the same Wi-Fi code will work across rides. Ah, nice. So I've, I've done this. I've taken a ride in Bombay, uh, landed at the airport, um, took an Ola Prime, reached home, and I had Wi-Fi. And the next time I went in, like two months later, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, it just worked again. I didn't have That's to get amazing. a different code. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was fantastic. I mean, you know, it's one thing to give me Wi-Fi, um, which in itself is amazing, but to make it extremely seamless for me to just practically uh, activate my Wi-Fi and then boom, I'm connected. So it'll be it'll be interesting just to take a cream right, just to find out how they've executed this. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, Ola in India does it work on a similar model like Uber in the U.S., where you know people have their own cars driving, or does it work more along the lines of you know Kareem and Uber here in the Middle East, where you have designated you know drivers? Sort no, of... people, people, people with their own cars drive. Okay, that's that's interesting. That's very very interesting. So that means that this technology can easily be applied to let's say Uber drivers in in the West or wherever else in the world as well. Because I would love to have Wi-Fi while I'm taking an Uber in the U.S. when you know. I'm traveling on a roaming package or stuff like that. I think that'll be fantastic yeah. if that works. Yeah, I mean, locally, it's yeah, been interesting and, uh, how Kareem have, have kind of stepped up their game to, to you know, go up against Uber, who are, a you know, a multinational company that is in, in a serious amount of territories around the world. And obviously, controversy aside, I mean, Uber have, have not been in 
the best of headlines as of late. But I mean, it's cool that Kareem had taken these opportunities where they, they know, I feel they know the local market a little bit better than Uber potentially do and can offer these kind of services that are, you know, attractive to people that want them. Yeah, no, for sure. Look, I mean, the, the reason I probably don't use Kareem as much is that, look, I mean, when I'm at home, I've got my own car, so I'm, you know, driving myself around. Uh, but when I'm traveling abroad, Kareem is obviously not present in almost, I don't know, like pretty much every single place that I've been to in the last couple of years. And Uber is there. And, you know, it just makes it more convenient because, you know, Uber is going to be in a country wherever you land. Uh, you know, as long as they haven't restricted Uber, obviously. But uh, that's that's probably the only reason I use Uber, even the few times when I need to drop my car to the garage or whatever here in the UAE as well, because, you know, I have an account with them, so it just makes it easier. But you're right, I think, you know, someone who uses this on a regular basis, Kareem does provide a very, very, very good solution for the local market. Yeah, I mean, especially, uh, I've, I'll briefly mention it, but I, I wrote a I wouldn't say scathing piece, but a bit of a critical piece on, on Uber's current app here in the UAE and some of the pitfalls it has since they uh, changed it, I think, back in November. Um, unfortunately, it's they've some of the some of the changes they brought about where, where they have some good things, like you can now schedule a ride in advance. Um, they mm-hmm. give you sort of an estimate of what the fare is going to be before you take off. But uh, unfortunately, they've, they've taken away things like the ability to... Uh, to uh, hail a ride without a destination, for example. So you have to put in where you want to go. And which sometimes in Dubai could be a little bit tricky when, you know, sometimes uh, you don't actually know where it is that you want to go or not specific street number or name or or, ha- or villa number or right. something like that. It can be quite difficult. Um, yeah, as well, yeah, as well I can as, see that. Yeah, exactly. As well as, or for instance, say you, you want to go out and you say you want, like for myself, I don't, I don't drive, so... I rely on ta- taxis and Uber in particular to get around the city. And if I want to go, say, pick up something, it's very difficult on Uber to do that because you can't, if you want, you, you know, you want to go somewhere to pick something up and then return immediately in that same car, you, you can't put like the destination and then have him drive you back, right? Because then you've got to like, or you can't put yeah, like, that's true. your final destination, which will be your own apartment building because then right. obviously that's not going to work. So it's, it's sort of, Little things that are that are particular to the city that we live in, um, that again Uber doesn't really address and has made these sort of global sweeping changes to the to the to the app that have been a bit of a detriment to users here in the UAE. And I can imagine probably apply in other countries in the world. I mean, I can't I can't speak for other places, but you know, I, it's just the pitfalls of being a large company, I think, and and the fact that you have to try and accommodate to so many different cultures. Absolutely, fair enough. Uh, what I did kind of loved about um, Uber this time around uh, was uh, the Uber pool service. I was going from one place to the other in New York, and uh, the fare for a regular Uber was about nineteen dollars, eighteen or nineteen dollars. But that same ride using Uber pool was like literally like eight dollars, which was fantastic. I mean, yes, it did take me a bit longer. I stepped into the car, it stopped, another lady got in, then it stopped, another gentleman got in, then it dropped the lady, then it dropped the gentleman, then I was the final, you know, guy who reached the destination. But hey, you know, it reduced my bill by like less than half. So I think that's a fantastic service. Yeah, I used I used Uber Pool at CES. I, I can't I can't do Uber Pool, it's too many strangers. I don't I don't want to <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't have to talk to them. I, I didn't talk to any yeah. one of the two people really. who got into the car. That's I did fair. say casual hello, but that's about it. Um, I the, the, ner- the nervousness of me will make me obliged. I feel obliged to talk to them, but I really don't want to. <laughs> so I've, I've done a couple of uh, Uber pools in the US as well. Um, I had a couple of conversations at CES and they were like, very casual and then some some rides there's been absolutely no conversation other than like Abbas said you know Curtis hello I think the same rule applies as to when you're taking a plane right I mean the person sitting next to you might just casually say hello to them sometimes you might end up talking to a little bit longer but you know there's literally nothing that binds you you know there is no contract between two strangers sitting together to have a discussion this is this is also why mike only travels business class exactly first first class b first class i get my own little cabin oh yeah yeah i wish my apology (laughs) nice i think uh, great i think is is that all that we have for our listeners today or uh, is there anything else that we want to tackle i think we're good i think next week we're going to come back uh in full force after having a a series of hands-on with a number of local phone launches yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I suggest we move the show next week to Wednesday because literally the S8 launches Tuesday night. So let's kind of, you know, get all of those phones hands on and then let's go to TGI Fridays next Wednesdays, have our <laughs> wings and you know, look at that new Apple store. <laughs> I think that sounds like an excellent and talk about plan. <laughs> all right. That sounds good. So we will um, see you guys next week. Yes. Uh, if right. you want to get in touch, hit us up on Twitter at Behind the Bytes, or uh, you can email us where, Bavisha? Behindthebytes.ae at gmail.com. Fantastic. Absolutely. And if you have any questions for either one of us individually, I'm A. Jaffarelli on Twitter. I'm at Mike I'm Priest. at Bavisha on Mike. <laughs> I just heard I'm at Bavisha on Mike. <laughs> Only in my That's at my priest on Twitter. <laughs> cool. And at Bavisha on Twitter as well. Yes. Thanks All for right. listening. We'll good see you stuff. next week. See you next week. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye bye.